0: Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. I have to say, it's been a very fun week on the internet. And being a part of this little podcast family, should I say? Jordan and I have been talking about how we feel like the entire world was watching Love is Blind. All at the same time together in unison and it was so special it was really really fun it took me back to uh last year when the final game of thrones season was airing and we all had to like wait together between episodes and stuff and even though we were all binging at the same time it really was like just bringing the world together yeah it really was So we are very excited to talk about Love is Blind today, if you didn't already know. But on our episode, we'll probably just talk very, very, like, surface level and convince the non-watchers out there to watch it. Or, and just, like, highlight some of our favorite or things from the show slash some things we hope they change if they do a second season or, like, things that bugged us. Mm -hmm. But we... Got to join one of our favorite podcasts, Offscreen Babble, to spend basically a full two hours (laughs) deep diving into the glorious show, Love is Blind. So, if you want more than just, like, surface-level talk about Love is Blind, please go to Offscreen Babble. They are found wherever you listen to podcasts, same as us, and listen to our episode with them. It was really fun, and we were so honored to be there and talk with Shade. We enjoyed it afterwards, we were like, that was so fun. It was a blast. We basically just, the three of us, just laughed the whole time, but also were just baffled by this crazy show. Yes. And it's funny because it really just, the more I talk about it, like the two hours we spent with Sade talking about it, it just makes me want to talk about it more. Yeah, like, I could talk about it for three more hours, probably. Seriously? Like, that's why I want everyone I know to watch it, because so that we can all talk nonstop about it mm-hmm. and analyze it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we were so, we had so much fun talking with Offscreen Babble. So please go listen to it. It is, you'll love those two hours just as much as we did. <laughs> I, think, I think that's true. So thank you for having us. Additionally, to Love is Blind, Jordan and I watched. I Am Not Okay With This. It's called I Am Not Okay With This, and I keep forgetting what it is called, if that is any preview as to how we felt about the show. Mm-hmm. So we'll just talk about that in the end. But first, TV news, shall we? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one is the Disney Plus having some struggles. They don't know what they want. It's kind of crazy to have a front row seat to this. Yeah. They're messy. Yeah. They pulled the Love, Simon adaptation, and they pulled Lizzie McGuire, both because they feel like their content is not going to be for, would be too PG-13. Yeah, not family friendly. Which, especially with the Love, Simon adaptation, it surprises me because... And granted I don't know what content they're talking about none of us have seen the show or anything. Yeah. But the high school musical the musical the series was very diverse and they talked a lot about LGBTQ issues. Interesting. Yeah, there were several characters that were LGBTQ and it was it was very tame discussion mm-hmm. of that. Um but it surprised me and was kind of a big bummer to hear that. Yeah. And the Lizzie McGuire thing is just... It's crazy. It is bananas. Yeah. Basically, even Hillary Duff has come out and said, like, it is very unrealistic for a 30-year-old to be living in a PG-13 world. And I to- totally agree with that. I think mm-hmm. we would all feel weird about it. Especially because the people who appreciate Lizzie McGuire are now around 30 as well. Yeah, it's like older millennials yeah, are the, the original... Uh, audience, yeah, so they're asking Hulu to pick them up. So we'll see if that happens. I haven't seen anything about that, yeah. And it also, I feel like there was kind of a question about the future of Disney Plus's content like mm-hmm. the movies they have the rights to. They don't only have the rights to their own like Disney movies, mm-hmm. and so it, I feel like it's always kind of been this up in the air like, will they have R rated movies or something like that are really popular? And it's kind of looking like no. Yeah. So, I don't know. It kind of affects – I mean, there's still – like, I still want to watch The Mandalorian and stuff, but I'm like, will it be worth the money down the road Mm -hmm. if I feel like I've exhausted what they have? Yeah. And if they're really, truly only going to stick with children's content. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, if that's kind of what it is, then that serves a purpose, especially for parents. Like, you don't want to buy new Disney DVDs all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But it will affect, for sure, older viewers. So it'll just be really interesting. Yeah. And like I said, we'll talk about I Am Not Okay With This later on. But if there's anything I learned from watching that, it's that I don't really relate that much to teen shows that anymore. Anyway. That was the biggest... Well, hold your horses... There was big news dropped yesterday. Judge Judy is ending after 25 seasons because Judge Judy herself is working on a new TV show. Oh. And I couldn't find who has picked up this new TV show that she's mm-hmm. referring to. But CBS will now only be showing reruns. I apparently, I didn't really realize that those were all new episodes that they've been airing for 25 mm-hmm. years. That's crazy. So, yeah. Go, Judge Judy. Yeah, good for her. She's probably, she must be moving to a streaming service because daytime TV i feel like kind of the past. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, those are kind of the two big news bombs that i saw <laughs> this week. <laughs> um i saw that uh Beanie Feldstein was in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. So cool. Amazing. Good for. Grey's I might Anatomy have to to just snag... watch it just to watch her. Oh, for sure. Like they snagged an it girl. Yeah. I'm pretty impressed. And i saw the posts i saw were cute like i saw on comments by celebs that Patrick Dempsey, like, Mm -hmm. commented on it, which is adorable. It's amazing. The last thing I have is that they announced today that Netflix is hosting a comedy festival in LA. Cool. Yeah. And there's going to be over 100 performances that are going to take place. It's called Netflix is a Joke Fest, and it's in 20 different venues. Some of the people they have so far are Kevin Hart, Chris Rock... Amy Schumer, Ali Wong, Billy Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, Jerry Seinfeld. A-listers. Yeah. That's really impressive. So I'm not totally sure. I haven't read that much about it, but I'm assuming it would be on Netflix also. They're probably recording it. I would hope so. Yeah. Very very cool. cool. I love that. Oh, I know that Rejected Jokes, what's his name? Ben Schwartz. Yeah, he's also partaking. I admire that he still has that as his handle, but it's also confusing. It is very confusing. He should just make it John Ralphio. That's always the first name I think of. Yeah. Well, top three. Since love is the focus of our episode today, specifically reality love, we are going to count off our top three favorite reality TV couples. And especially for me, it's probably, it's not, like, who I, like, would get along with the most or, like, would be friends with or, like, think their love is something that, like, I aspire to have <laughs> or anything. For me, my list is mostly, like, couples that I was very enthralled with on TV. Mm-hmm. Who's the most entertaining? Yes. Okay, cool. So, who, who's your number three? My number three is also not a love I aspire to, but... Um, I couldn't help but be so entertained by Scott Disick and Kourtney Kardashian. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, they, they're, like, sometimes a dream team. Like, I'm actually still kind of sad that they're not together. Yeah. They have all their kids. And I, I'm very put off by the fact that he dates such young girls now. Yeah. But when they're together on Kardashians, they're honestly the most entertaining part of the show to me. When they're both on, like, their Tiff's and... Scott, they're just so over the top, and I feel like Scott Disick really understands what makes good reality TV. Yeah, because like you watch it and you're like, yeah, this guy is a douche, mm-hmm. but he's also very funny, mm-hmm. and his interactions with each Kardashian family member is very funny. Yeah, I love Lord Disick. He's he's hilarious, especially as the seasons go on, which I think is when you can really see him it clicking of like mm-hmm. good television. Yeah, what's, the, what's his prank calling? It's me, Todd. What's it? <gasps> oh my gosh. I have to look it Todd up. Because Krangle? Todd Crangle? It's like Todd Gantz or something. Okay, I have to look that up because I completely forgot about it how much I love that. Todd Cranes? Cranes. Todd Cranes. <laughs> Chris, it's, it's me, me, Todd Cranes. Todd Cranes. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow, they made my top three and I didn't even remember about Todd Cranes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Reality TV moments. Do I want to change my handle on everything to Todd Crane's? Yes. <laughs> it's probably taken. Iconic. Yeah, it probably is. But Iconic you could be Todd. Todd Crane's number three. Yeah. Okay, who's your number three? Um, my number three, I'm gonna go with, uh, Julianne and Bill Rancic. Very random. Okay. She's, like, the e-host... She does all the red carpet stuff. Yeah, fashion police. Yeah. They had their own reality show for quite some time and um, called Juliana and Bill. And um, they like opened a restaurant in Chicago. And one of the big things is that they used a surrogate. And I am like weirdly fascinated with surrogacy. And it was like the first time I had really heard a lot about it and like seen it on TV before. And, so anyway, I just loved them and was very fascinated by them. So, random answer. I never knew this about you. Yeah. I knew about the surrogacy. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that you had this love for Juliana and Bill. Yeah, I watched them a lot. That is kind of what's fun, though, is that reality TV is something you don't really, like, discuss at length with people. Except for current stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, past stuff, it doesn't really come up. Yeah, it's true. But, so I love learning this. Now you know. Yeah. Uh, my number two, I picked New York and Flavor Flav from uh, Flavor of Love. Mm-hmm. I feel like New York, I first of all loved Flavor of Love. I watched it long before I started watching The Bachelor. It is just, it's actually available on Hulu. I kind of want to watch some old episodes just to yeah, you should. see how it holds up because it is just so wild. And New York is still kind of like the meme queen like to this day on the internet, like mm-hmm. there's so many gifts of her from back in the day that are still so funny, and they she was just so over the top, so much more compelling than Flavor Flav himself. But together they were just like really iconic, even though she didn't even win Flavor of Love, mm-hmm. but that she did. But so iconic that she got her own dating show. Yeah, seriously. And yeah, I'm just obsessed with them. I love watching them. Good answer. Thank you. Okay, my number two also might come as a shock to you. <laughs> Yay. Tori Spelling and Dean McDermott. I've never heard you even say those names. <laughs> I wow. was very in love with their show, Tori and Dean, in love. And also, <laughs> like, I don't know. I It's a weird, it was a weird time for me, I think. And then I was just like, watching these shows. Were these on E or Bravo? Because were they on the same channel as Juliana and Bill? I don't remember if Tori was on E. I think so, but let me double check. I can totally see it either way. Sometimes it's hard for me to separate which channel is which. I know Kardashians are on E. Duh. Bravo was like Project Runway, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to come as a shock. It was on oxygen. Uh, what? <laughs> that's funny because it sounded like I lost my oxygen when you said oxygen. Um, That's insane. Yeah. Oxygen. That was like, they had like Bad Girls Club. Yes. I would see the ads for that one. I would watch Marathons of Top Model yeah. on oxygen. Yeah. Wow. I was just very intrigued by them because they, like, found each other while they were, like, cheating on e- on their spouses. Or, oh. like, he was cheating on his spouse. I don't know if she was, but... I didn't even know that. Yeah. And they have, like, a ton of kids. Yeah. And it was, like, it was kind of while they were creaking them all out. Wow. And she, like, redid her house, and I was always interested in her, like, interior design. Yeah, very random, random factoid. I am learning a lot about you today. <laughs> That's shocking. Okay, who's your number one? So, my number one, it was going to have to be a bachelor couple. Yes. But my heart took me in a direction past the couple I was expecting myself to say it was my top. But I am fascinated and, as you said, enthralled by Ashley, I, and Jared. Ooh, good answer. I... Because I, I was first thinking of Emily and Ari, because I was obsessed with their season, and I wanted Ari to beat Jeff, even though I liked Emily and Jeff, but I loved Ari back then. And even all- in, more interesting that you would think of a couple that didn't actually end up together. <laughs> I, it, I thought in my fanfiction, they did. <laughs> um, I also loved JP and Ashley. Yeah, everybody loved JP and Ashley. I never watched their season, though, so I feel like I couldn't ever say that relate yeah, yeah and that makes perfect sense and actually yeah, watched their wedding and they are really cute they're cute and jp was like just very very hot and steamy yes. to all of us that watched it like that was when i was watching it with like a giant group of people mm-hmm. like in college and when jp would kiss ashley the room would just be silent it mm-hmm. would just be like drooling um But yeah, I love them. I love that they're still together. Ashley, I, and Jared are so intriguing to me. I watched Bachelor in Paradise season two, which was where um, she may have, I can't remember if she met him before at like a Bachelor Nation thing Mm -hmm. and already had a crush on him, but she was like fixated on him and was very crazy throughout the season about how obsessed she was with him Mm -hmm. and like couldn't let it go even when he was flirting with other people. And then, and it was like something that we all kind of knew about she always had a crush on him. And then like, I think they would kind of post pictures of themselves like hanging out. Mm -hmm. And then when she, when they posted that video that was like 45 minutes long talking about how, yes, we are now dating. And like, I watched the whole thing. I cried in it. It was amazing. (laughs) Just like, she was like, we actually became very good friends. Like we were best friends and I... Would totally have dated him that whole time but like we were just friends um and then i would like kind of try to date him and he would kind of like start to maybe act like it and then he was saying his side of the story too and how it was all about him finally being vulnerable and just like this journey of him kind of like releasing like toxic feelings for towards himself and like letting himself be happy with someone that now he had this friendship with. It was like so good. I I don't think I ever watched the full thing, but I did watch clips of it and yeah, it was very good. Like I couldn't even be- I wanted to watch it cuz I was like, "Wait, they're actually dating now. Mm-hmm. Like she got what she wanted." And it was so much an more inspiration to us all. Seriously, it was like way more of an emotional roller coaster in like a real way mm-hmm. than I could have ever guessed. Yeah. It was I should like rewatch it honestly yeah, to like should. believe in love again, because <laughs> you might be surprised. Love is blind for all its worth it didn't really inspire me in the love department. No, if anything, it despired. <laughs> de-spired. Is that what that is? Unmotivational speaker. <laughs> um. So yeah, I really just it was like beyond reality TV coupling for me. Well, and it was in the span of multiple series or multiple seasons mm-hmm. and on tv off tv it was just a lot well my number one is also a bachelor couple a bachelorette couple okay um jojo fletcher and jordan rogers they're my favorite couple to come out of bachelor history and i, I did not watch that season so please tell me about i it. loved jojo and ben higgins did her dirty a little bit in his season. Okay. And I just think that she was a really, really great bachelorette. And um, she's very fun. She's very smart. And I just love her, the relationship that her and Jordan have. They haven't even gotten married yet. They are, they like got re engaged like outside of the show, like kind of recently. Aw, that's cool. Yeah. And they like flip houses together. They have a show now, Flipping Houses, but I've never watched it. But I just think that they're really cool and down to earth and real. I feel like they're one of the only couples that I've really felt like, yeah, that's like real love. So yeah, they're my number one. I think that's that's what it takes to get to number one in this list. Yeah. Entertaining, but also we could feel the realness. It takes a lot for us. <sighs> um. Well, love is blind. It's time. Like we said earlier, it is a phenomenon. And so I'm sure you've all heard about it over and over by your co-workers, your family members, your Instagram followers, your everywhere. And we are not, we do not feel like we sunk low to watch this. We did it with our own free will and I'm not mad. No, I don't have any regrets. I I still maintain that I can't, like, I wouldn't describe it that I loved this show. No. But and I have is, no regrets about watching it. It's nowhere close to perfect. No, but that's honestly part of why it's so interesting to talk about it. Yeah. It's very flawed. Just, it's like, the production value alone. Yes. Okay, the premise of the show is... There's a group of women and a group of men, and they're separated, and they go into these pods and talk to one another on, like, dates, basically, and, um, they have to fall in love without ever seeing each other, and the only way to see each other is to get engaged. So in the first episode, a couple gets engaged, and it's only been, like, four days, and then after they get engaged, they go on a trip to Mexico, and then they have to move in, in together, and then they have to get married. And it's not until, like, the altar that they can say, like, yes, I will marry you, or no, I will not marry you. And just that description, and the way I felt, especially towards, like, the finale, mm-hmm. it felt like it was some, like, dystopian society. Yes. <laughs> like, like by the end, it was, like, torture. Mm-hmm. They, like, are forcing them to walk down the aisle. Yes. It's just... And I would say, I... Jordan and I are both from a... Live in Utah, which is a community of people who get married very quickly and very young. And... Yeah, this is not a foreign concept it's to It's really not us. a foreign concept, but it was still shocking. hmm And I know that we... We didn't do that ourselves, so, like, we we're kind of, we still think that it is not always the best, I would say, to yeah. get married so young and so fast, but it's not something we haven't seen before from our family members or friends or peers. Acquaintances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, colleagues. <laughs> but yeah, it was still shocking. And I would say my favorite parts of the show are the conversations that come up. For example, talking about personal finances with someone after you're already engaged mm-hmm. and, like, you're getting married in, like, three days and then you just find out that someone is $20,000 in debt and doesn't pay even the minimum payment. Mm-mm. Those are the kinds of things that are shahawking to me and I find very interesting. That was when it was very much, like, psychological experiment. Mm-hmm. Well, and another thing with this show is that it started out as an experiment. Well, it is an experiment. They're basically trying to see if, quote unquote, love is blind. Well, like, with the... So they're trying to do this experiment Mm -hmm. about, like, trying to ask, is love actually blind? But something that we knew as viewers is that no one in this show was, like, less than conventionally attractive. Yes, And so it was kind of like you have a hot person talking to a hot person. They can't see. And yeah, they may have been kind of like wondering if they actually would be attracted to this person. Mm -hmm. And there were part of the drama of the show is someone kind of trying to decide if they are attracted to this person. But it's Mm -hmm. more along the lines of like, are they my type? Yes. It was never really an issue of is this person going to be like ugly. I mean, like, it sounds bad to say, but none of these people were even average looking. No. And I think that the men could look around the room of men that they were around and notice that none of them were super... None of them were more uglier than another one of them. No, and... So they probably knew that the women were probably probably in the similar... Like, everyone was an eight or above. Yes. Exactly. Like... No matter Maybe what your taste was, <laughs> <laughs> but even like everyone was also very very fit and in shape. Yes, there was no diversity. There were m- there were like multiple ethnicities of people, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was not a very uh, eclectic group of people of appearances. Yes. So if they do a season two, that's my number one thing. I want, I want uggos. I want. A mm-hmm. wide variety of everyone. I want different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. I want just... It was kind of like you were watching... Like, this could have been filmed at the CW. Yes. It was just hotties. Yeah. And that was one thing on, like, to compare to The Circle. Like, even though... The people, yes, they were catfishing. But the actual contestants, there was a wide variety of people. hmm And so, I would have liked to see maybe the cast of The Circle be also the cast on this, mm-hmm. I guess. mm <laughs> Another one of my the reasons why I liked this show is that I like watching couples and picking out very toxic traits and like comparing them to like your own relationships. And like, I think that's one reason why um, these kinds of shows are such like a phenomenon is that other people like to do that, too. I don't think that's just me, right? No. I think that's part of why these are addicting. Yeah. Because like you don't want to just watch a show about healthy couples. No. At least I don't. So a lot of the couples had a had a lot of toxic traits and characteristics and um watching them play out was very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And also watching people's reactions I don't know. It was just like very fascinating. And it wasn't as a uh, cookie cutter as something like The Bachelor. Yeah, I feel like it seemed like the couples had room to kind of do their own thing. Yeah. Like within the format they were given. Yes. Um they didn't have to have kind of like check-ins like the rose ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Like they really were kind of like living their lives. Mhm. But like having to come home to this new fiance. Yeah. And there was really only, like, one person who, one, maybe two people who, like, put on kind of a show and was kind of, like, acting. And so, honestly, it's pretty amazing that there was only one or two people that did that. But I think they were very obvious and it honestly made it kind of a little entertaining as well. Totally. I, yeah, I'm glad there weren't more than just those two. But that was kind of, that's part of why this show is so intriguing is that they, every person to me reads as like really saying how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really heard any information post show that um, makes me think otherwise. Like, I think they were all just being themselves. Yeah, I agree. Um, something else interesting that we learned while we were talking to our friend Sade on Offscreen Babel that I think is worth highlighting here as well, is that this show was um, filmed in November of 2018. I'll let that sink in a little bit. It's crazy. It is so shocking. So it's been almost a year and a half of these couples who, like, if they did end up getting married, they haven't been able to even post about their husband on social media. And, like, there's couples, like, they could have even gotten pregnant and had a baby by now. Seriously. So, it's pretty wild to me. Yeah. And that's another interesting thing that, uh, like, interviews that have come out now that the show is live, especially from contestants that weren't some of the couples that went on in the show, Mm -hmm. like, they were just at the beginning in the pod section of the show. It's been fun because I think sometimes on reality TV, those interviews can kind of, like, destroy that illusion and make it less interesting, but they actually make it more interesting. Yeah. To me. Like, seeing what was really going down... Another thing we talked about with Offscreen Babble was that what we see when we're watching the show in the pods is that you see, like, snippets of their conversations, but a lot of the couples ended up, like, speaking to each other for, like, 18 hours. Mm -hmm. And, like, that is nuts. And I feel like that in that circumstance... Like, you maybe could talk yourself into that. You're like, I do love this person. I'm willing to say I love them because I really want to meet them. Who is this person? And I was thinking, I was like, if I could be enjoying myself after talking to a guy for 18 hours straight, maybe I should just marry that person. Because that is crazy. Well, I saw a tweet that was like, for all of you people who are trying to say that you don't believe in love is blind, do we not remember instant MSN Messenger? (laughs) Where you would talk to people on instant messenger all day and like fall in love with them, which I related to hardcore. (laughs) Well, and it's something that Taylor said is that it really does feel like, like this is basically like the apps, kind of. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's different. You don't have a picture of them, but like in the apps, the pictures can be misleading. Yeah. So sometimes if you feel like you have a super strong connection with someone and then you show up and their pictures turn out to be very old and not really what they look like anymore. hmm Then, is love blind? Like, are you still into this person? hmm I mean, you're not engaged to them, so it's... Thankfully. ...still different, yeah. but it is. It's, it's... I just... Again, like, we could talk about this show for so long. Yes. There's so many facets, and I don't want to... We don't want to get into spoilers for those of you who have not yet watched it, because we really... I want as many opinions about this show as possible. I want everyone to watch it. And if you have watched it... Really highly recommend listening to our episode, um, where we were guests on Offscreen Babble because we go, like, couple by couple doing, like, just dishing about every moment on the show. Yes. And, yeah. And because we want you to listen, too, so we can know if you have, like, different opinions Mm -hmm. on that. I, It's a lot. Yeah. So even if you don't usually watch reality television or things like The Bachelor, I think you still need to give this a shot, because the conversations that stem from watching this show are amazing. Gold. Real gold. Well, should we quickly highlight the Netflix original, I Am Not Okay With This? Yeah, let's do a little quick... It's so funny, because we were even expecting not to talk that much about Love is Blind, because... There's, we've, like, just dis- discussed so much on screen Babble, but we, even now, we still talked more than I expected. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works with this show. Yeah, it's amazing. It's crazy. But yeah, let's, let's, uh, talk a little bit about I'm Not Okay With This. Sure. Do you want to give the listeners a little rundown of what the show is? Sure. Uh, so this show, it's starring Sophia Lillis, who you probably know from IT, the new IT reboot they made. She's also in Sharp Objects. So she's the protagonist, she's in high school, kind of a loner, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's in, like, the very first episode and in the description of the show. She starts, like, strange things start happening to her when she's angry. Mm -hmm. And so she's also kind kind of trying to figure out what's going on with that. And it's basically the show. Yep, that's the whole show. It's only seven episodes... And the episodes are, like, 18 minutes. So we watched this all in one night. It was actually the first show that we watched the whole thing with each other. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Basically, the way... What I felt about it is that it's geared towards teens. And I don't think that teens think a lot about, like, the, the plot or, like, storyline or, like, the writing. Um sorry teens if that is like me being judgmental or something but i didn't care about that stuff when i was that age Mm -mm. and so like to me the show felt pretty boring i didn't feel like a lot really happened until the very ends of episodes or like the very end of the season even the whole first season just kind of felt like one big build-up yeah, like it was more than halfway through, and we were kind of like, okay, so when is like something a- else going to happen? Yeah, we get it. It's also interesting because it, even from the promo, it reminds me so much of The End of the Effing World, another Netflix series, which we just recently kind of reviewed. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that and it's. We both love that. Yeah, we love The End of the Effing World. So I was kind of hoping it would be more like that, but like kind of the American version. Mm-hmm. But it's. Has the same uh, – the creator and director – like, it's a one guy, this Jonathan Endwistle. He did this show as well, and they're both based on comic books that are by one author. Yeah. So, to me, it's kind of, like, strange that it felt to me like a lesser version of that show. Like, kind of like a less complex, deep version of that show. um But we did – I do think that Taylor's spot on when you uh, say that it's kind of more geared towards a younger audience – because I think there are a lot of uh, concepts in the end of the effing world that kind of, like, shook me up as an adult. Yes. And would be very, very brutal if I had been a teenager watching it. Yeah. And I think that the actors – I think the acting was more complex in the end of the effing world as well. hmm But, as we kind of talked about, those actors are in their 20s playing – like, kind of teens, yes, but and these are actual teens, these are actual teenagers, and I think they did a good job, yeah. But I just think that the characters and plots there was they were heavier, so there was kind of more for the actors to do in the other one. Um, it's also funny because another show it reminded me a little bit of was Sex Education, especially in like how it looked, yeah, mostly like the cinematography, yeah, yeah. but it's funny because that is maybe another show that is about teens, but for older audiences, because Mm -hmm. that felt very complex to me in a way that this didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think overall, I just felt like it should have been a movie as opposed to a series. That was my kind of like final feeling about it. I agree with that. I think it would have been a good movie. And also it's like they build it up, build it up, This whole season could have been three episodes, Mm -hmm. and then whatever is kind of coming next in the plot could have been the second half of the season, and I would have liked that a lot more. Yeah. So, to each their own, we're Mm -hmm. not going to say, please watch it. We'd rather you watch Love is Blind. (laughs) Yeah. Spend your time watching that, or if kind of the tone of that show seemed cool to you, I would recommend The End of the Effing World instead. Yes. If you haven't watched that already. Yeah. And if you did watch I Am Not Okay With This and liked it, then I for sure think you would love The End of the effing World. True. So maybe watch that next. After you watch Love is Blind. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, picking a crush of the week, I think Jordan and I are both struggling because neither of us were really, like, as conventionally as attractive as most of the men on Love is Blind are. They're not, they're not my type. So... For my crush of the week, I'm going to go with Wyatt Olaf, who is in I Am Not Okay With This, and he is definitely the best part of the show. For sure. He plays, like, the nerdy neighbor, and he is hilarious, and every scene with him was really good. He was adorable, and he's also uh, in It with Sophia Lillis. Yes. But he was so cute, so adorable. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not a pedophile for saying that. I'm just, like, he's just, like, a cutie. And I liked him. He was, like, I don't want to, like, date him. He was the redeeming thing of the show. Yeah. So I think that he deserves it. He earned it. Mm, that doesn't leave me with basically anyone. Um, I guess I would have to say... I feel like you felt bad a lot for Mark. I did pity him, but that doesn't mean I... By the end, I didn't have that much respect for him <laughs> because of how much I pitied him. So I think, I'm, I think I'll think i give uh, Cameron from Love is Blind my crush of the week. Okay. I think that he he's definitely not my type in personality because he was, like, very, very serious and uh kind of... The word that I kept thinking of, of how to describe him was formal. Yes. He's, like, very kind of old-fashioned in that way, like, very... Uh, gentlemanly in a non uh, annoying way, mm-hmm. like he didn't do anything wrong. He's just very serious, which is not typically the kind of guy I am attracted to. Yeah. Um. He did have some silly moments that were very yeah, cringy he came out of a shell but apart. I have to I do have to give him props for that. But I do think that of all of all the guys on the show, he's probably the most stable. Yeah, and like emotionally mature. Yeah, he's definitely emotionally mature. Um, and he was cute. And so I think, just out of, I respect him the most out of that show, so I will give him the honor of being my crush this week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure that he takes that with great pride. Well, um, hopefully we've convinced you to watch Love is Blind, if you haven't watched already, or hopefully we have given you enough of our feelings on it, if you have watched it, to have you jump over and listen to our deeper, darker... Thoughts on Love is Blind on mm-hmm. with off screen babble, and there is a cast reunion of Love is Blind airing this oh, yeah. week. So, so tune in. I'm sure we'll talk about it on next week's episode as well. Definitely we couldn't not. No, when we're just like chomping at the bit for that to drop because apparently the whole cast of the main people is coming back, mm-hmm. and especially if they filmed it a year and a half ago. Yeah, where and now they're watching people it. People could like... be back together that broke up. Seriously, so. Yeah, there's still time to watch it. By the time this drops maybe there won't be. <laughs> but please watch it. We're begging you. <laughs> please, 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 please. We're on our hands and knees just watch it. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>